0: Today's episode is brought to you by Musical Theatre Radio's merch store. Looking for that perfect gift for someone or just want to treat yourself to some great musical theatre themed merch? Head to MusicalTheaterRadio.com and click on the All Things Theatre button on the homepage and check out all the different designs available. And now, today's interview. Welcome back to another episode of Be Our Guest here on Musical Theatre Radio. I am your host, as always, Jean-Paul Jovanoff. I am all about supporting new works, but supporting new Canadian works is even better. Today, we'll be talking to the creators of the musical Kelly v. Kelly, which is playing at the Berkeley Street Theatre here in Toronto from May 26th to June 18th. Let's get right into it and welcome Sarah Farb and Britta Johnson to the show. Sarah, Britta, Hello! hi Hi! awesome (laughs) so before thank you it's it's great to have you here and like i said i i if i can support new works and especially new canadian works i'm all about it i'm down with that now before before we start talking about the show itself i want to get to know you guys a little bit better um you know because how you grew up in your life beforehand reflects on how you write and your shows and everything so sarah we'll start with you i always do a 30 second bio So who is Sarah in 30 seconds Uh, on 30 seconds? She is um,
1: an actor, I guess, and now a writer, too. And uh, I sing and I grew up in Toronto. um, And really, I um, I love my time off. How dare you do this? (laughs) My dog is sitting next to me.
0: Okay. Nice. Is that 30 seconds? Around 30 seconds. That works for me. (laughs) Britta, you've you've heard how it works. Who are you in 30 seconds?
2: Well, I'm Britta. Uh, (laughs) I'm a composer, and I'm a lyricist, and I'm a writer, and I live in Toronto, but I grew up in Stratford. Both my parents were pit musicians at the festival, which explains perhaps how I ended up. In this world. I thought all grown-ups did this. Um, I've written, I've worked on a lot of different projects for theater, I've been a librettist on a ballet, I've written musicals, sometimes by myself, sometimes with many collaborators, and I have a dog with alopecia with a big bald butt, and I think that having us do this is rude. It's very hard to give yourself a bio. Yeah. On the spot.
1: How dare you? I feel.
2: Like, how dare you?
1: But, I feel like the I... worst version of myself was presented as soon as possible.
0: <laughs> so it's all up it's all good from here. It'll all be great from now on. But I think Brittany <laughs> you are the first one to say big bald butt on the station. So uh, congratulations on
2: that. I'll see so, if I can sneak it in again.
0: If you could, oh, if you could, that'd be sweet. Um, before we again, I always want to take it back. Um, Sarah, were you always into musical theater growing up, or is that something you discovered a little bit later in life?
1: No, as a kid, I was pretty into musical theater. Um, I listened to the Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat um, cast recording to go to sleep almost every night, and. um... I watched the 10th anniversary of um, *Les Mis* on repeat and memorized the whole musical. Um, and it was really, really something. I just sort of took an interest in. Um, it, there were lots of, you know, avenues in my house like of interest, but that I really attached to that one. Um, and at seven, I think I, I. Did my first like children's stage performance, and I really, really loved it. It was the best feeling in the world. And um, from then on, I was I was performing in some capacity for the rest of my life. Nice.
0: Have, have you got memorized the the colors of the coat?
1: See, I was yes, I was in the show. Oh, at, okay. As part of the, the children's chorus, years later um and and I knew the colors first but mm. yeah they're it, it's pretty easy to, rem, to remember once you have them but it's mm-hmm. impressive if you've never heard it before
0: <laughs> exactly and for yourself obviously with parents in the pit in Stratford you had exposure to musical theater but uh what was that like
2: I did and I, I was really serious about piano as a kid and I have two sisters and we were all musicians, so making music was kind of a big part of our upbringing. Uh, the Stratford Kiwanis Music Festival is where I made all my uh, all my candy money, so it was a big part of my growing up. But. You know, music theater, a life in music theater still kind of snuck up on me. And people don't believe me when I say that. I was really serious about piano and I wanted to be a composer. And I resisted doing this. And yet, even when I was at school for composition, I'd end up writing all of these very wordy art songs. And my teacher would be like, it seems like you want to write musicals. And I'd be like, OK, yeah, I started, <laughs> I started writing them in high school. I would write my school's musicals because I would get extra credit and I'd be able to sign my friends out of out of class when you're in the fall show. And that's kind of where I first did it and fell in love with it. And, and honestly, I haven't stopped since. So it blends a few of my love, which which is music and also storytelling and making people laugh. It's it's a pretty good package deal for me and my personality, frankly.
0: Cool. So the question is, how did the parallel lines of the life of Sarah and Britta finally intersect? Where? where how did that happen?
1: Uh, I honestly think it was an inevitability, but um, it was it was um, sped along by the musical stage company Noteworthy program, which takes um, book writers and and, uh, composer lyricists and pairs them up uh, and sees if magic can happen if there's potential for collaboration. And uh, Britta and I were in the same cohort and we very much hit it off as friends and clearly as collaborators. And so from then, yeah, we, We wrote a short piece um, for the AGO and a musical stage collaboration, and it was clear we wanted to write a full-length musical, and
0: here we are. (laughs) So let's talk about the full-length musical, Kelly v. Kelly. Tell us a little bit about the show and how you came about writing it.
2: Well, it, it tells the true story. Well, it, it, we've taken some liberties, but it's inspired by the true story of this mother and and daughter in 1915. And this mother had her own daughter arrested and brought to trial for sneaking out and dancing. And there were all of these kind of incredible sexy underground dance halls popping up. And this young heiress was falling in love with a taxi dancer. And it was a great scandal. And it resulted in this court case that kind of scandalized the nation at, at a time when, when the role of women in was changing so rapidly. So it's kind of about the generational divide between this mother and daughter. Um, and we use this court case as our kind of structure for that. And we came about it, Sarah, I mean, you can talk about how Sarah discovered the story. So you should talk about it, Sarah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I heard, I heard the story uh, on a podcast called The Memory Palace, and uh, it's just beautifully told, little snippets of history, um, well-produced, well-narrated, um, and this particular story really jumped out at me as a very strange um, and like compelling event that lent itself very much to musicality and and um, it 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 seemed like the the twists and turns and the conflict at his heart and just like the the mother daughter um, struggle intergenerationally was like such an interesting. Um, thing to focus on with like with the backdrop of this 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 event this huge media frenzy um and so i i approached britta with with it and i was like what what about this because we were batting around ideas and um and uh yeah and that was that was that we we took some stabs and and uh with the cmtp at sheridan college we we drafted sort of a first iteration the first i guess 40 or so minutes and and uh, musical stage wanted
0: to produce it okay and when yeah. was this when did the when did this all start
2: i think that you sent me the podcast in like 2018 i want to say yeah, yeah we knew that knew like i'd started my crescendo series with them where they committed to doing three of my pieces as i slowly got louder um and we were really committed to having the third piece be something with Sarah because they loved our collaboration, and so Sarah and I had very actively been trying to figure out what that should be. And as soon as she sent me this, it was like, "Ding, ding! Here it is." Um, and and now here we are. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, as anybody I've talked to who started a project before 2020, how did the how did COVID and the pandemic hit for you guys and for your writing for this show?
2: I mean we were we were like three weeks away from our first day of rehearsal when uh when the world shut down and I remember like the COVID coming on is so marked by texts for me emotionally texts from Sarah which started with like "Fred, do you think there's any chance our show could get cancelled and I was like no you're nuts it's a month away what what are you talking about it's a flu and then you know right. the next day being like okay it's uh, maybe maybe it'll be delayed maybe it'll be delayed and then I remember it was It was the very first of our covid cancellations and really i thought it would be my only one but obviously that's not how it unfolded but we were like seconds away from starting the team was in place the cast was in place the script was coming to be locked and then and then the world froze so it's a very emotional thing to finally be back here doing it that's for sure
0: yeah Yeah. i've heard i've heard that story so many times it's it's crazy and (laughs) but you know what you you got through it and and did you work on the show and did you have because everyone found time and that's what no one had. But did yeah. you have time to work on the show and finesse it? Uh,
1: yeah, we did. Um, the, first, the first, you know, throes of the pandemic were just pretty idle, at least for me. But, um, but as it was becoming clear that Musical Stage was going to be um, producing a season again, and, and we're very interested in following through with, with this project um we we had some really useful um development time and some things changed in the creative team and so and the cast and um we were afforded sort of reflection and um and space and and we we could expand on our ideas a little bit and improve upon them and going into this round of rehearsals felt like the best possible version of the musical um because it it was a a, it was an improvement upon what we had initially um and we actually would not have landed there without all of the things that went wrong um so it's not yeah Oh, I'm
2: so sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, go it. ahead. I'm done. <laughs> well, it was just uh, in the, it, it, when we were COVID canceled, there was still the final, at least musically, the final two songs of the show. I had not figured out how to write yet. Like I was really struggling with them. I was really stuck. I, I'd taken a stab a few times and it wasn't right. It just viscerally, you could tell it wasn't right. And... There was a secret private part of me that wondered if perhaps I'd brought on the pandemic, because in the in the depth of my writer's block I'd be like if only I could have a little more time. I don't know what to <laughs> do on day one and then and then lo and behold. So a part of me wonders if I am ultimately responsible, but the time afforded, you know, then we came back to the project, even just at the beginning of this year and the answers that it seemed so far away and out of my reach musically however many years ago all of a sudden it came quite easily the answers had kind of presented themselves perhaps we needed the time for them to find their way to me but uh sorry about the pandemic everybody is what i'd like to say i do think it, it maybe it was me
0: newest conspiracy theory <laughs> i have not you. heard this yeah. one yet
2: I have. So.
1: There's, there's a few reddit threads yeah
0: <laughs> she didn't write those damn songs so <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's talk about the production that's going on there, uh, right now. Um, let's talk about the creative team, who's involved in, in, the, the, in all that.
1: We have Tracy Fly as our director and choreographer. Um, Lynn Schenkel is our musical supervisor. Um, John Corkle is our musical director. And Adam Sergison is our associate um, choreographer, Lorenzo Savioni. Is that how you say his name?
2: I'm really glad you said it because I was sitting here being like, if she if she throws this ball over to me to say Lorenzo's last name, I've never said it out loud. So
1: Uh, I'm in a a heated panic. Um, I think it's Savioni. That's the way it's spelled. Yeah. Okay. perfect. Well, there you you, have it. You can double check this and edit it out if we go. he, he designed the set and the lights and Alex Amini designed the uh, the costumes. And Brian Kenny is our sound designer.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow, that was really you impressive. Did, you yeah. did a really good job. Yeah. I know. It, it's truly, the team is spectacular. It's been such a, I, I kept waiting for a shoe to drop in our rehearsal process where usually there's more challenge or it stops being fun at a certain point and then starts being fun again. It was just so pleasurable. And like every time something wasn't working, as often is the case with the first time you're staging a musical things that you think work don't work anymore when you put them on stage, but the answers presented themselves pretty easily between all of us collectively. It was a really good collaboration. I think I'm going to use it as a template for collaborations in the future. I want to sit down and think about what works so well, because it was kind of consistently joyful and in flow the whole time. It was really, really great. It's a really good team. We are so proud to be working with them. Yeah.
0: Was there a moment during rehearsal that, um, surprised you because i i know i've talked to lots of writers that because it's in their head and then when they finally see it on stage with bodies and you know imbuing the characters with personalities is there something you went i didn't think of that or yes exactly what i was thinking or something like that a moment
1: there were two there are a few moments for me um there's a long sequence in um in the show that's helen it's called helen's engagement party and um it's sort of to me, the most like challenging um, conceptually, because um, we 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 visit a lot of memories in uh, in the show, and we lift away from the present moment in in sort of the, the most continuous and um, and as I say, conceptually challenging way here and. Um, And so staging it, uh, I was very interested to see what Tracy was was thinking. um, uh, Because we have characters from from the present sort of infiltrating um, the memory of the of Helen of the character um, and her and her present um, information and informing and and, um, interrupting her her memory. And watching it for the first time, I just I I, I remember I was away, um, and I was granted the opportunity to watch rehearsals uh, and performing in Harry Potter, and so um, on, on. days when i wasn't performing when it wasn't a two-show day i would come and watch um rehearsals and just be there so i was away on the wednesday when they were like tackling this section and i remember like conversations with tracy just like how are we going to clarify this and just it's all just a bit nebulous and coming back the next day and watching what they'd done i burst into tears (laughs) um because it was so it was so accurate like she nailed it and the storytelling was so Gorgeous, and I felt like it was—it was such an obvious moment of her seeing the thing that Britta and I were creating. Um, and this cast is so remarkable. Um, I—I I, think—I think that experience was 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 probably one of the most memorable. Um, I was so enthralled by um, by what I saw, and just a comprehension of of this moment really like speaks volumes for just like the rest of the piece. And it felt like a perfect moment of collaboration. Yeah. Thanks Another sensation
2: that I ran into a few times, it's it's just, it, it's so rare because of the COVID interruption, there's some of this music that I wrote in 2018, which at this point was kind of a long time ago. Like it was, I was a different composer than than I am now uh, with a different tool belt. and. It was a kind of an interesting experience to re-witness that music. Uh, it, it kind of was a lesson in me being a little more gentle on myself because I'm so self-critical, especially of things that are fresh that just came from me. I'm still so much uh, in judgment of that or trying to find the critique, but I got to sit back and kind of look back at this music that this different version of me had written and be like, you know what? The idea behind that is really sound. That's really cool. And I remember what I was thinking about when I wrote that. I remember what my intent is. And it's really cool to see now, however many years later, this group of smart people so viscerally understanding what that that intent was like, and I haven't had, I've only had the experience of like writing right up until the first day of rehearsal. And then, and so it's like stuff that was just made and it was a really, really specific experience for it to be not that way this time. And it was a learning experience and perhaps being more gentle and forgiving on my process and also it was just kind of i don't know it was it was emotional i cried a lot in rehearsal because of all that's happened and all we've all been through to get here and you know the expectations of that younger version of me that wrote that music that didn't know it was going to be cancelled there's just a lot of like texture to it that i found myself very emotional about and like was an enlightening time Well, I got
0: to say congratulations to the both of you uh, on writing the show and getting it on its feet and uh, having the production up there. So, yeah, it's fantastic. Like I said, anytime I can help promote new works, even better, that is Canadian. So thank you very much for uh, coming on and talking to us about this today.
1: Thanks for having
0: us. Now, before we go, I do, I I have to ask, is there anything in the pipeline? Sarah, is there anything that you're working on that uh, people can be uh, looking for in the future?
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm working on a musical called Way Out There with um, Anton Lipovetsky for um, Yes Theater out in Sudbury. Uh, it's a commission, and it's it's pretty brand new. But we've got some workshop dates this this year, and um, I hope eventually a production with Yes Theater, who I think is just a remarkable theater company, and i um, so proud of of the fact that I get to work with them and, and it's an incredible thing that's happening up in Sudbury. Um, So, so just that and then finishing up this run of Harry Potter, which closes July 2nd and otherwise I'll be, I'll be just sitting down a
0: lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I got to interview Anton uh, and I got to see his presentation down in New York for, for Oh,
1: well, great. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. That was great. So, yeah. Uh, I'll have to find out when it's in Sudbury because that's not too far away, distance wise, <laughs> so I could drive up there Yes, yeah. yeah, so, let's drive up awesome. <laughs> Nice, and, and Brittany yourself
2: Yeah, I've got a few things in the works my my sister and I are the songwriting team for a new musical in development for Stratford that we're going to be workshopping this summer and uh, uh, another piece of mine with my sister Annika Johnson and our uh, book writer named Nick Green is in development with uh, South Coast Rap in California so we'll continue on that journey in a a a couple of new projects i'm trying to cook up as well as a possible next step for my show uh, life after will hopefully be happening soon so we're just working on musicals over here i guess (laughs) and looking at my dog's big bald butt
0: (laughs) nice (laughs) there it is i said it again (laughs) Well, well done that's a challenge to anybody else that comes on if they can do it three times. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they'll do it, but that's their problem. Uh, again, congratulations. Um, it was great meeting the two of you. Um, I look forward to seeing all your stuff in the future. And if you if you do, come back on. We'll start promoting that as well. So great to doing that
2: fabulous thank
0: you so much you. no problem all right we were just speaking with sarah Farb and britta johnson about their new show kelly v kelly which is playing at the Ber- berkeley street theater here in toronto from may 26th to june 18th tune in next week as we'll speak with another guest or guests about the life love and passion that is musical theater i am your host as always
2: jean paul Yovanoff, and until next time i'll see you when i see you